Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero, zero. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Gadget Cast. My name is Gregory McFadden, joined always with my co host, Travis MCP. Space travel. That's right. All you got to say is space travel. Um, anyway, back at another Gadget Cast. Same bat time. Well, almost same bat time. Same bat channel, at least. Yes. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> All the things that Travis said, I can uh, I can co-sign it. <laughs> uh, yeah, going to be a short show today. I'm um, just uh, getting into the things. Don't tell them it's going to be a short show. Well, I mean, what are we really talking about? Unlike, we don't force these things. You know, no. Like some people, yeah, no, I just need it again, Greg. Yeah, look at that. Uh, Rebecca's reminding you. Well, Rebecca, um, I was just testing the audience to see. Uh, if they pay attention to the intros, that's what I was doing. Looks like multiple people in chat are saying they, they did recognize. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I must do follow up from, uh, the last show, the last Uh-oh. show. I must do follow. Are you up. talking about severance? No. Well, oh. I did see severance, but I now I now know severance. We still maybe have to do an episode about severance. Yeah, we do, but go ahead. Uh, I said that I was waiting for a monitor to arrive, which is actually a a 42-inch OLED TV. And You've been talking about this for like a year. Yeah, for a whole year. And it finally came. It finally came. I finally hooked it up, which is actually why I was a little late today because I had some issues with uh, my setup, of course, when you change something. So I had to like rejigger it. Mm. But uh, I am am now uh, broadcasting off the, the... biggest monitor i've ever used in my entire (laughs) life it is quite an experience some people were actually using uh the reason why i got this idea is because some people were using the 48 inch monitor as like a main monitor and this is 42 inches i must say i don't know how people use this at 48 inches because at 42 inches i look at this thing and i go Ooh, i might have overdone it here (laughs) so uh there's people out there that are overdoing it from what I'm doing and I'm, I'm thinking this is too much, but, uh, I will say I've, I've just had this for like a day or two at this point, but it's quite an experience. It is very nice in a lot of ways. I have like just Travis in a window over here. Now I have my Twitter feed up. Like it's almost like having like two to three different monitors all set up in one. And they have those, they have those extra wide monitors that have that, thing built in where yeah can, they have the managing of the windows and right. you can actually download some programs on windows or on mac to kind of simulate that as well if you want to do something okay. similar to that and you can manage those windows uh but i will say and the main reason i did get this to begin with was because i wanted uh this was primarily going to be a gaming monitor i usually uh play games over here uh, especially when I used to do streaming back in the day, which I haven't done in quite some time, but I wanted like a gaming monitor setup, and I was looking at all these different options. And once I got my OLED TV, it was really hard to go back to a lot of these monitors. They prioritize the wrong things. They would always prioritize high refresh rate. And don't get me wrong. I want high refresh rate, uh, but they would go like 240 Hertz and, and all this stuff. But then the screen quality would always be terrible. It would always be um, either it would be low resolution, like 1080p, and then like high refresh rate 
or just the screen quality itself would just be some like cheapo LCD panel. Like no one cares from some like no name brand. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted a good combo of like everything I wanted. You know, I didn't want 60 Hertz, but I wanted 120 Hertz. Uh, I wanted OLED or mini LED or some sort of advanced screen technology that isn't just your basic LCD or a lot of these gaming monitors are actually still using like VA panels, which just have like the worst viewing angles. Like the, the old monitor I was using here before it got like so dim. Like um, I know like these OLED panels like aren't like too bright, but I have like mm -hmm. direct window sunlight right here. And there is this is like a glossy screen. There is less glare on this monitor right now than my old monitor which was technically like a matte monitor so hmm. there's a lot of improvements here to this setup and i just gotta say uh the main reason why i went with this 42 inch tv which sounds a little bit ridiculous is because it has an oled screen it has 120 hertz it has hmm. hdmi 2.1 it has everything but it's branded as a tv and it costs so much less than some of these other monitors that give you less in the spec department so I, I that's why I kind of went with this. It was kind of like almost like a, a budget setup in a way to kind of see if like, can you make this monitor work or can you make this TV work as like a monitor? And the the visual quality of it is spectacular. It's amazing. Uh, how much how much was it? Just, let's start there. So it was fourteen hundred. So it's less than a studio. Uh, yeah. So the studio display is sixteen hundred and it's now. Of course, the Mac Studio or Studio Display has uh, different features that this doesn't have. So let, we can—I know people go, "Oh, but it does this and that." Okay, I got it. Having said that, from a visual standpoint, so that's the thing you want to match: like, visual and audio. So they both have speakers. They both have, you know, a screen. Mm -hmm. There's no webcam on the TV. Obviously, there's some other things that they—they they both have. An, is it worth the money to do something like this? Because this was the question you've been trying to answer for a year. Does it make sense to just buy a TV rather than a monitor? Does it look as good? Does it sound as good? Does it function as well as a dedicated monitor in your opinion so far? Uh, so comparing it to the studio display, there's obviously some weaknesses. Uh, a lot of like the automatic stuff with the studio display connected to a Mac, obviously it doesn't have. But just going off the visual quality of connecting this to like any monitor through HDMI or something like that, I would say yes. I, I don't think you're going to find a better bang for your buck in terms of visual quality and in terms of refresh rate, uh, color rate production, all that stuff on any gaming monitor or any PC monitor out there. LG actually sells, and this is this is the main reason why I went with this. I was waiting for them to just sell like a 27-inch OLED monitor. They now sell this product, uh, a tw like a 27-inch LG monitor that's OLED, but it's like $3,500 and it's still 60 hertz. So this was like the cheapest option for like everything I was looking for. And the only major drawback is it is, it is a very big monitor and you might go, well, is that is that a drawback? You have so much screen real estate, but it's a little overwhelming, to be honest. I'm looking at it like using it for like basic stuff like this. I was like doing like a final cut timeline on it and it, it was nice having all the space. But at, at times I was just like, whoa, where do I look? OK, cut here. It kind yeah, of slowed well, me down a little bit. So I'm still getting used to like just the gigantic size of the uh, 42 inch display. But I think I'm overall pretty happy with it because it was it wasn't even for this use case of using it as like a Mac monitor. Uh, it was primarily for gaming. And then I use it for my gadget cast setup as well. So uh, for gaming and all that stuff, I'm so far, I'm pretty happy with it. I, I just love the visual quality of OLED so much that I, I think this was the right choice for now.
Okay, so, and people are wondering, uh, what's the model number? Is it a C1, C2, Evo, or whatever? Or, and also, what you don't like about it? These are great questions, because if someone's listening, they go, oh, well, this sounds right up my alley. It's less expensive. It sounds like what Greg's saying is it's just a really great replacement. Uh, which one are you talking about, and what are the things you don't like? So I'll probably, uh, just to clarify, I, I just had this for like two days, so I'm still kind of trying to adjust my thoughts. I was thinking about doing a video on it, so maybe further clarification there if you want to check that out eventually. But um, again, the things I like about it is it's OLED, so perfect black levels. HDR looks fantastic on it. Um, the screen brightness, I was actually worried about because I was like, okay, OLED, I know, doesn't get like super bright, and that's one of the weaknesses against it. But again, I'm using it. My, my windows uh, are right over here, very bright. And there's like a little bit of glare, but it's it's way more manageable than I'd actually thought it would end up being. So I thought that was going to be a major weak point going into this. And it looks to be okay so far. Um, the things I don't like about it is the size. Again, I really wish it was just like a little bit smaller, like 38 inch maybe I think would be a little bit more manageable. Because if I'm gaming and stuff, I could I can go back like here. But if I'm using it like as a regular monitor, I'm like mostly up here. And then it's kind of like I can't see like all the display at once. I kind of got to focus on like one area. Uh, so it's almost like you have to train yourself to use it as like a multiple monitor setup rather than just one monitor. So that's something I don't like about it. Um, as a Mac user, there's a lot of weaknesses to using this as a monitor, and that would be primarily that there's no Thunderbolt connection, which is the best interface to use a monitor with a Mac to get everything kind of synced up. And I have to run this through HDMI, and then a big drawback for the Mac right now is the HDMI ports on all the Macs are not 2.1 ports. So even though this is a 4K 120 hertz display, the Mac can only drive it at 4K 60 hertz. So it can't even get the full 120 hertz. So even if you're thinking, okay, this sounds like a way better display than the studio display, I'll be able to get 4K and 120 hertz. You technically still cannot get that on a Mac. You'd be fine probably on a Windows PC or something like that if you have like the 2.1 for HDMI. Uh, but the Mac does not have that yet. Hmm. Interesting. So far, the experiment is you felt like it's a good deal so far, like for the first two days. I mean, you maybe next week you have a different opinion. But yeah. for now, you're happy you made the decision? Right now, I'm happy with it, ish. yeah. I'm happy-ish. Um, I have long-term concerns that I just don't know if they are concerns. OLED burn-in is a thing. Uh, using it as a PC monitor, you obviously have a lot of, you know, my dock is up here on the Mac, and I'm like, is this going to burn into the screen? Should I set that to like an auto-hide now? There's a lot of different considerations that I'm making in the back of my head just because it is an OLED display, and I know that OLED potentially can be an issue. There's a lot of mitigations that LG has. They will dim the screen if it's been too bright for too long. Uh, they will do like pixel shift. They will move icons around. Uh, so traditionally, when you're watching TV, these monitors actually been pretty well reviewed to withstand burn-in because of all the software tricks that they pull off. But using it as a monitor is one step above. And also uh, for gaming too, there's a lot of times where there's just like a static HUD in one place at all times. So that that could potentially be an issue as I use this for gaming and uh, as a monitor setup. But those are just kind of concerns for future. I, I don't know if that will actually play out. Yeah, I feel like if you are mainly use it for gaming and video watching and stuff like that, it sounds like the perfect setup. Um, and with a little bit of mixed, maybe browsing, maybe some social media or something like that. Uh, 
But from a production standpoint, have you tried anything like uh, the Final Cut or anything like that on it to see how you feel about about it in that way? Yeah, I tried Final Cut on it, and um, it was an okay experience. Like I said, it was just like a big timeline. I liked having... So there's like a lot of like different tools in Final Cut. Say if you're uh, doing like a... Uh, what do you call it? I'm blanking on the name now. If you're trying to uh, correct your color, you can like pull up all these different like charts, like the Luma charts. And having that like on like a big screen was really nice because you can actually see like all... Like as you're dragging down the slider, you can kind of see like the exact numbers of where things are going. So that was uh, really nice in Final Cut. I didn't feel like I was obviously limited for space and all that. And I could have all my tools up and I can even like throw up another window if I wanted to just because the monitor is just so gigantic. Mm. So a lot of stuff like that I really like. I think ideally if I had like a really nice setup for this, like if I was really going to spend like a ton of money on it, I think the the cool thing would be to, uh, and this was kind of inspired from uh, Jonathan's studio, uh, Jonathan Morrison's when we went to his place. Uh, he had like a studio display on like an arm and it was like down on his table and then mounted in the middle was a TV. And I was thinking, okay, that would probably be the best setup for this because yes. if you're showing someone something, you could just put it up there on the big TV, use that as the monitor. But when you're like working solo, I think having the smaller monitor might just be a little bit more comfortable. So mm -hmm. that's, I think that would probably be my ideal setup, but I'm really just trying to use this as uh, as its own thing right now. Gotcha. All right. Well, cool. So that's the uh, experiment uh, of Greg. He's been talking about it for about a year, so I'm glad you're into that. We'll find out more about that next week. A um, couple things we want to hop on. Uh, do we want to do iOS first or like this VR? I think the VR thing is going to be super, super quick because I don't know what else. I mean, we listen, we've talked about VR here and it's been slightly controversial. We even did. An Let's talk about episode. VR. We talked. We did an entire episode in VR. People uh, hated it <laughs> to, to mixed to mixed reviews. I loved it. I had fun. I still do. I actually do meetings on the regular in VR. Mm. I think it's great using the Oculus Quest 2. But if Apple does get into it, um, It'll be interesting. I think it's a, as we talk about a lot of times, regardless of whether or not you like Apple, you have to admit that when they do something, they kind of legitimize it. And if they get into VR, it will legitimize VR and it will make it interesting. A lot more, a lot more software developers want to be getting into it and kind of supporting it. There's already a pretty darn good selection of VR content out there, but especially with like metaverse and, and Facebook being a part of all that. So the money behind it is significant, but if Apple got behind it, we're talking, talking some pretty interesting things that could happen so what do we what do we hear the latest about apple uh, vr uh well apparently the big thing about apple vr is it might uh be announced pretty soon according to all these last minute rumors that are coming out saying that apple's basically showing it off to like their board of directors which uh pretty much says it's in the final stages of whatever is being done with it if they're actually showing it off to people that don't even work on the project apple's so secretive as a company mm that they will like literally uh, keep secrets from their own teams who, who you know, they don't, they don't even want their own employees to know about the projects that they're working on. Uh, so if they're showing it off to people on like the board, that is a significant step forward of this thing is ready to be announced 
maybe at WWDC at this point, which would make sense because it's a, they're going to need a lot of developers on board to start making applications for this. So even if they're not ready to sell this, the move that Apple usually does when they have a new product like the iPhone, like the Apple watch is they will show this off months in advance before they sell it to you so they can start getting developers on board to start making stuff for it, which is going to be very, very important in VR. They're going to need content. They, they, I don't think they could do it themselves. If it's a VR headset, they are going to need games on it. They're going to need a lot of developer support. And it's an area where Apple traditionally, um, it's a strong weakness for them to, to have all this support for uh, dedicated gaming hardware. Obviously on mobile, they do really great, but on dedicated gaming hardware, this is new stuff for them. Uh, and I, I would have, go ahead. I almost, I agree with you, but I also look at it in a different way. Because I feel like Apple isn't going into this as a gaming peripheral. I feel like because Apple really hasn't dove into gaming as deep as you would think they would as a company as established as they are. I mean, almost any other company that is as large as Apple is in some way, shape or form, and especially in the digital space in gaming. And while they have Apple Arcade and maybe on a mobile level, that's big. I mean, I don't know. Do they even release the earnings of Apple Arcade? I don't know. Um the, but gaming at large, um, still something they haven't really done. They do a lot of lifestyle stuff. And that's yeah. almost what I expect them to lean heavily into. I would love to see them use this more in the um, the production space, the work from home space, because I've played around with some apps that are out there that are pretty spectacular in that space. And I just wonder if Apple really got a, on board with it. Like, could they change the game even more? And it it would be really surprising for them to just straight up say this product is mainly for gaming. I mean, when have they really done that before? They say everything that you can buy has a purpose that can sometimes be gaming, iPad, iPhone, all that stuff. Like you can game with it, mm-hmm. but it's not like this is a gaming thing. Now it's not to say they couldn't and that they shouldn't and they won't, won't, but I don't think this is the thing that, that it is if they decide to ever do that. I don't think that the VR headset or even AR would be the thing that they're like, we're into gaming. We're just going for VR or jumping over everything else and going straight into VR. But I could be wrong. I agree with you. I, I think that's actually the correct. Um, I think it would be marketed primarily as a lifestyle device. I think there'd be more uses for it besides gaming. But as someone who has not seen what these other use cases are, my mind only shifts to the only really good experiences I've had in VR so far have been with gaming so i i i 100 expect um gaming to be on whatever apple's vr system is but i think travis is 100 right i think that's almost a secondary thing to it i think it's going to be more of a lifestyle thing i just don't know what the pitch is for this headset yet and that's the thing ar i could think of a ton of different things that apple could do with augmented reality that they you know, if there was like some sort of like thin glasses that they made, I can think of like, okay, I could see where the lifestyle aspect would come into that on a VR headset. If that's what this truly is, like, um, like an Oculus, that's where it gets a little bit more tricky. And I kind of try, I try and think what are the lifestyle things that Apple could bring to the VR space that would really change the game? Uh, because I, I was taking a look at my Oculus the other day. And it was just covered in dust. I have not used that thing probably since the last time we did Gadgetcast in VR. I just haven't touched it. 
and I know you, I know like you and uh, a couple other people are like really into the VR headsets and that say like use them all the time. But for me, it just has not clicked yet. It has not clicked to, to something that I want to use all the time. And there's, there's like, there's stuff I want to do in VR, but every time I like think about it, it the steps to like put on the headset, kind of get that all set up. It, it just takes like a couple minutes more than I want. And by the time I'm done thinking about actually doing it, it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I have something else to do. Sure. It's, it's too much yeah, of a of hassle. Course. So yeah, yeah. I'm really interested to see what Apple can do in this space, because I agree with you. I don't think they're going into this going, we're going to capture the gaming market. I think that's small potatoes to Apple. Apple has their sights set on eventually something that will replace the iPhone, something where they can sell more units in the iPhone. They want to get another big hit out there. So, that's not gaming gaming is a part of that but uh, i don't think the uh ar vr headsets i don't think the primary uh way to get everyone to buy it is through gaming because not everyone plays games you know what everyone else does they they work so maybe this is like uh like how uh now meta formerly facebook is leaning into vr by doing workplace stuff i don't know that but that doesn't sound enticing as a consumer of let me go buy this headset for work so mm-hmm. i i'm looking forward to them unveiling it because then i think we get a clearer picture of what the story is for this device and apple is very good at crafting the story for these devices and how they want you to use them mm-hmm. and i also think just based on uh, Apple Silicon and the way that Apple sells these products, um, this will not be a $300 Oculus device. This will be something premium. This will be like a $1,000 headset, but because it's Apple, it might be the best premium experience for uh, VR that you can get on the market right now because they're not really concerned, at least at this point, with selling you ads. They're right. they're gonna make the money in the hardware, and that means they're gonna sell you something that's a premium experience. Yeah, it's not gonna be cheap. But um, no. the first inkling that potentially we could see of this, which I mean probably won't happen, but you know if we would see it, it would be uh, the software at WWDC. But one of the things we may not see a lot of is iOS 16, which is really interesting as there is rumors that uh, iOS 16 might be delayed. What What is the latest on that, uh, Greg? I did not hear that iOS 16 would be delayed. So You didn't hear that? I mean, Prosser talking about it in a pretty big... Don't you do... Don't you have an Apple channel? Yeah. Don't you just talk about Apple stuff? I, I, How do I, I know this? I don't even pay close attention to this. And you don't know this. How, Greg? How would iOS 16 be delayed? They're not going to delay That's iOS 16. Well, wait. That's wait, silly. Wait. Chat. Chat. Am I wrong? Someone in chat tell me that what, what it was said, because it was a couple days ago that Prosser did a video about this, talking about how iOS and it was a big deal, because to delay iOS 16 would be a big, not delayed. Well, what the heck did he say, Renee? What did he say? Maybe they'll, 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 maybe they'll like, delay certain features that were meant to be for iOS 16, but there's no way they delay no way. I, iOS 16. I'm like, there's no way to delay it, because... Even iOS 14, which was a shin- oh, the public beta would be delayed because of the buggy, not oh. developer see, beta. Okay, see, well, there's a see that. Okay. Uh, see, uh, I am an Apple channel, and I pay attention to the important stuff. I don't feed you nonsense. A beta is a beta. Wait, public beta is developed, but uh, us developers will get it on the sixth of June with extra bug with yeah. extra bugs sprinkled on top. Essentially, they will they'll still announce it or whatever, but it's going to be extra bugs. It's going to be like iOS 14. If anyone remembers iOS 14. 
that was shenanigans. That was terrible. I don't know what they were thinking there. So it looks like we're we're on the precipice of another iOS 14 situation. So unlike iOS 14, though, where we didn't really expect it, it just kind of happened to us. This time, I guess we're expecting it, which is a little bit weird. And with no major changes on the, the, the surface as far as like what it looks like, it's a little strange that we're getting something that apparently is delayed in some way. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this? Because by the way, well, I don't think it. I don't think it's delayed. It's just probably buggy right now. Well, extra buggy. The, okay. To the point where we know about it. it. Because here's the thing, Greg. Listen to me. This is the thing. Why do we know about this? Why is it? Why is it such a big deal now? I understand that with with collaborations in a remote world, it's slightly different. But we've been doing this for two years now. I think most companies have kind of adjusted. We've actually already had iOS 15 out during the same situation. Why are we just now hearing that iOS 16 might have all these bugs? What are they? What are they potentially implementing that could make this happen? Look into your your crystal ball, Greg, because you are this this mm. the prestidigitator. Come on, you are you are Gregini, Greg, Gregini. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Tell us what you think is in the future, Greg. Oh, let me look into my crystal ball. Let me think. <laughs> uh, what's going to be in iOS sixteen? Uh, uh, Virtual reality. <laughs> a, a toaster. A toaster. Oh an iOS connected toaster running <laughs> with an M1 chip. This is my prediction. By the way, what where's the M2? Uh probably at the uh, end of this year, right? <laughs> end of this year. Based on what? The I um the A fifteen, potentially? Yeah. Why not just make it based on AI? Uh, maybe they will. Maybe they maybe they'll skip it and just go. You know was, what? It's too much time has passed. About that. I was thinking about that just the other day, which is silly because I don't think about these things. But I literally, when I was driving, think about this. Why don't they just make it based? If they're gonna, if it's gonna be a while from now, and it, this is obviously easier said than done. But if you kind of know it's going to be delayed, why even bother going backwards to A15? Why not make it based on A16? Just because. Uh, when the M1 came out, it was based on what was essentially the the current hardware of the time. If they were to release <clears throat> the M2 as the A16 is already out, you're basing it on technology that's over a year old. I understand delays have happened, but like at that point, wouldn't you just say, "Okay, look, let's just move forward"? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, is that the way you feel, or do you feel like, "Nah, 15 is good enough"? I mean, I'm sure 15 is good enough, but I, I, yeah, I think if they're if it is really going to be released by the end of this year. Uh, why not just base it off the current chip that's being developed? And maybe they are doing that with all the shortages going on. Maybe they're stockpiling it. Uh, we heard rumors that um, the iPhone 14, the regular one, is going to just be using an A15 chip, and that might have to do with shortages too. So maybe sure. that's also part of the strategy of, hey, uh, we need to make a lot of these chips. The M2 is going to be based on the A16 chip. We're not going to have enough of these A16s to put in the regular iPhone 14 so we will reuse the A15 chip for that, move what would be the M2, which was going to be based on the A15, move that over to the A16. And that might be some of the stuff they're working on because everything's all crazy with the supply chain. So I think that makes a ton of sense. And, and I wouldn't be surprised. Of speaking of what you're talking about as well, interestingly, if we do get base level iPhones that are on previous level hardware, this is a slippery slope. The question is, 
Will Apple ignore whatever data they get from this and just say, hey, you know, it's a supply chain issue. We just can't come up with it. Again, first of all, this is a rumor. We don't know this to be true. As we found out over the last couple of years, some of these rumors are just straight up wrong. But let's assume that it's true and the base level stuff doesn't get the new processor, although it's almost equally possible that they will. But let's just say they don't. Do you think... Because what I here's my prediction, it's not going to make any kind of difference in their sales. Whatever they're going to they were going to sell, they're going to sell because the people who are buying those don't care. They don't know, they don't care. It's the newest iPhone, that's all they care about. Do you think if Apple <clears throat> basically does this, they sell as much or more as they did previous, that becomes the new base level phone, always one year behind on processors. To me, it's a slippery slope. Because at that point, you're like, well, we can just save money by selling the oldest stuff. People who buy these phones don't care. The only people who care are on the pros. You know, interestingly, Samsung did the opposite. So for the longest time, the Note series had the newer processor, faster, more expensive, blah, blah, blah. And then they just put them all on the same basic processor over the last couple of years. This looks to be the opposite. Everything was the same. Now there might actually be a difference. And my concern would be what happens if this sells very well their profit margin maybe is a little bit higher because you're using older processors and it's like well why don't we just do this all the time i think they uh i think it's definitely a possibility they could do it all the time uh number one we have uh tech reviewers every year going why did they even bother making a faster chip it's not like my iphone was slow so that already plays into the narrative of we don't have to release a faster chip for the basic iphone it's fast enough in it and it is even if they don't replace it with an a16 the a15 is still going to beat out whatever qualcomm's putting out that year probably so they're still way ahead they have they have some wiggle room to do this i think ultimately for apple if they're going to continue to pursue this strategy it is whatever makes them the most money and makes the most sense. Uh, There is a possibility that when the supply chain clears up, when everything gets back to normal, that when they make the a 17 chip, if we're in, if we're in that spot where everything goes back to normal, maybe it's more economic just to make a bunch of a 17 chips and not worry about an older manufacturing line. That's also a strong possibility Mm. uh, that it's just makes more sense to make a bunch of a 17 chips and put those all into the phone. So I, I could definitely see this being a strategy. It does help separate the pro lineup too. If people actually get mad about the A15 chip being in the normal phone, they're just gonna buy a pro phone. And that's a win for Apple because now they're spending more money to get the latest chip. So ultimately, I think they could continue to pursue the strategy. And I think, well, I, I really don't like the strategy. I always like that they had the same chips because every year you would just tell the people, well, same power doesn't matter there pick on camera uh or size or something like that so that was very easy for iphones um putting in different chips makes it a little harder if there's new features tied to that chip but in terms of overall speed we we it is true that we've been saying for a few years now well it's like well a12 was fast a13 was fast the 14 was fast the 15 was fast the 16 was fast i just wonder if they choose to keep the a15 chip for this does that mean it does like is there a time where a software update happens and because the pro phones had an a16 chip they get to move up a year and because you picked one of the normal iphones well you're left behind that year that that would be the major area of concern to me from a customer stand base 
In, in in fairness, I would still be many years away, and you'd probably oh yeah 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 I'm I'm sure. On. But 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 to the same but to your point, it would also be one of the first times in mobile history where the same model would literally get different software support. It would be weird. Um, I th- I think for most consumers, I think they wouldn't even notice if it was an A15 in there. Yeah. Uh, it says Renee says it could be just a ship chip shortage yeah. management. Put the A15X into the, the iPhone 14, the 113 Pro Max, and save the A16 for the Pro. I mean, yeah, that's my point. No, I understand yeah. that. What my point is, it probably is just ship ma- uh, chip management. But the data that comes from this this management could very well point them to doing this more often. And that's my, that's kind of what I was asking Greg. It's like, I totally understand it, it's a management thing, I, but once it happens, then what? And I think that's the, the interesting question. And, and, uh, to Renee's point, the, uh, the pro iPhones do technically have already kind of a better chip. They have like an extra yeah. GPU core. I think, yeah, yeah. I, I also think that if Apple is going to do this move with the a 16, uh, if they're, if they are going to put the pro a 15 chip into this year's i kind of think apple will market the normal iphone as a 16 hmm. and maybe they will give the pro phones a different name for the for the chip i kind of feel it's like that feels thing. like apple like they would go we're going to take this a 15 chip with the extra gpu core we're going to call it the a 16 now and then and the pro phones the, could have the a 16 plus or something like or that. Plus or pro. Yeah, that yeah, would yeah, be yeah, the marketing great. move. That would just be like, okay, the people who know would know, but if you're a normal customer, you would just go in going, Oh, okay. Almost like a return to the S series of phones in a weird <laughs> yeah. way. Not that they would do that. Cause they don't have to more. They have the pro and the pro max, uh, uh, you know, marketing done, but it same idea. You know what I mean? Like, and they've done this before. I mean, the yeah. iPad pro, from the you know the Y to Z or whatever, which was frustrating. The, t- the 2018 Pro to the 2020 Pro was essentially nothing. Sure, they give you an extra G core, but I literally tested for a long time to try to show any kind of significant difference between the two in performance. I just never came up with anything. So I, it, I mean, literally, you could do marketing can make it seem like yeah. an amazing <clears throat> difference when it isn't one. Renee's right. They uh, in the Apple watches, they call it a new chip every year, and some years it's really not a new chip the s6 mm. and the s7 are the same exact performance they just called it an s7 oh i didn't know that i didn't yeah. know that's actually so that's what i would expect and that will be its own tech drama when when that happens you will have interesting you will have all the reviewers telling you how uh, apple is now ripping you off <laughs> so that'll be an interesting saga you heard it here first on the gadget cast that that's right we are about to go through that saga if apple uh, implements this move two geniuses telling you everything that you ever needed to know i think that's about. a different podcast <laughs> Oh yeah, I guess it is. So, <laughs> so a couple of things about. Let's talk a little bit about technology. Um, I'm into my last, um, what I'm calling my final three uh, videos. Whether or not they're actually the final three or not is, I mean, I'll, they're definitely going to be doing less tech videos after these three, rather than more. And I dropped one of them yesterday, um, and then I'm dropping the, the latest iPhone switch video either tomorrow or Tuesday, and then my final uh, video will be in a couple of days after that. So what, but what's interesting is about all of these is they have kind of a theme behind them, which is, you know, the, the common user and their interactions with technology. So my video from yesterday was me giving my dad his very first iPhone. And it wasn't like an iPhone switch video it was because I was worried about his health and I was worried about him falling. So I got on an Apple watch and an iPhone 
And there was this moment that, um, so I had my sister drop it off. If you haven't seen the video, highly recommend you watch. It's very, it's a tear jerker. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I got to see my dad react to it. And what was really interesting was, first of all, I'm glad now because I feel like we now can figure out because my dad, sometimes he's, he's interesting. He, he's unrestrained to agree. Like he's, he's older now. Like he's, he's old. And if he just wants to leave the house and go somewhere, he'll just do that. But we want to know where he is. And he did that once and wasn't answering his phone. We're all worried about him. So now with an iPhone, we have like the, you know, find my and everything with friends and all that stuff. So we can kind of keep an eye on him and he's been falling. And so his watch is, is something that I'm really hoping will help him with that. Um, and now he can do FaceTime with his doctor. So all these things that impact the average consumer, like the non tech heads, I think is like, I'm excited about that being a part of what he experiences. The next video, uh, which is a iPhone switch video is another person who has an iPhone, <clears throat> tries an Android phone, and then like experiences the change in technology and what their experience is, is on video. And then the third one, which I don't really want to give away, um, is another person experiencing, uh, you know, another average consumer experiencing this technology that you, I, and everyone in chat and everyone listening to this is very familiar with and understands and in some ways finds boring at this point because we are so used to it. But when you expose the type of things that we are very used to, to your quote, average consumer is it really takes on a new, a new, a new meaning and a new interesting kind of perspective. And when I saw my dad's reaction, I was reminded of that. And it really hit home um, for me because I wanted to, and I wanted to share that with people. And what was really cool is I got, I'm getting some really cool stories in the comments of that video right now, where people that are talking about their, their family members and, and some of them have done, have tried or wanted to do similar things. Um, but I feel like technology, you know, there's a lot of talk in tech YouTube, tech YouTube's going down and people don't, you know, think tech is boring. I, I think that tech is boring to us because we're, we're jaded and we're used to it, but people who are just kind of use their phone as a tool and get to see some of the cool stuff you can do. There's a magic to that. That is unlike anything you can experience. Otherwise, um, it's great stuff. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with you that, uh, I think with a lot of tech content, um, I, again, it's hard to pinpoint. Everyone is seeing like lower numbers with their tech content. I think we definitely went through some sort of artificial period. So maybe, mm -hmm. That is, but we are seeing like a lot of genres that just take off when you do tech and yeah. you do tech YouTube, you're knowledgeable to every other sector in YouTube and how well these videos perform. Uh, me and Travis were just talking about the uh, trial that's going on now between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And it's like, you see these no name channels post a video and all they did was maybe put like a text overlay over the video and it has 30 million views because it's just such a hot topic that everyone in the world is paying attention to. And as big as we think the tech audience is of like diehard tech people who love to watch tech videos, it's truly a very small piece of the pie in terms of the, I don't know what I'll call it, the YouTube entertainment industry. It's a very small piece of the pie. So yeah. it's very hard to see all these channels blow up overnight just yes. because it is uh some it's it's 
I think tech is not for people who have an ego, and I think me and Travis have big egos, so it's it's a we it's do. a lose. No. <laughs> we do. We 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 low key have big egos, but I low think it's key, because we care. Key. I know we yeah, care, yeah. But uh, you know, yeah. going going back to that, there is also this power in technology that maybe maybe uh, Travis's dad isn't watching tech YouTube channels, but when you show them the power of this technology and how it can affect their life, or you're doing uh, different types of things with that technology on like a human level, like the Apple watch fall detection, uh, it is kind of powerful. And that that's always the moments in tech. I appreciate. I will say, I think every tech YouTuber at this point, if they've been doing it for multiple years now, there's no way they're not jaded. It's very hard to kind of snap yourself back and go, you get a new thing every year. You're very spoiled that's not everyone i i was doing uh i i had like a dinner the other night and uh the waiter asked me about my apple watch and it's almost like my react my my gut reaction was how do you not know about the apple watch mm. you know what i mean like he was asking me like these basic questions and it's almost like oh you have you have no clue like what you can do on the apple watch because you've yeah. never owned one and yep. to me someone who's been doing this for so long had every had literally every single apple watch i've, I've used every single one of them i go wow, Th this is just me being jaded. There's so many people who've yeah. never even owned an Apple watch at this point, even though it seems yeah. like such a thing where it's like, well, of course, you know, what an Apple watch does. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um, and it's funny because uh, my dad now wearing, uh, he never really, he didn't even really wear watches. Uh, he, he actually messaged me yesterday and he was like, man, this thing's telling me when to stand up and and when to do that, like mine does too. I mean, I, I'm sorry about that, Daddy. He's always asking me where I am. And I'm like, yeah, exactly right. That's the whole <laughs> point of this thing, trying to keep an eye on you. But yeah, it is. I think it's. Um, I think it's a fantastic thing. I really had a lot of fun doing it. And these last three, I think, in different ways, speak to that the humanity in tech. And that the real interesting thing I, I believe is the way that technology uh, changed. And in, by the way, the first way I ever was ever even aware of you was your Apple watch on Jonathan Morrison's channel where you lost a lot of weight using Apple. Watch. I mean, you're the perfect example of that. You literally yeah. are an example of that. Absolutely. So, uh, I think I, 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 the last one is the last thing I want to talk about. I've seen someone in the chat say something. Oh, would I ever do a Mr. Beast type channel? Of course I would. Yes. As soon as I get enough money, trust me, that's top of my list. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I guess ultimately what I'm trying to say is um, be kind to everyone and just you know, and there, I see people in in the comment section. I'm trying to cultivate a comment section that's more kind to each other, and that's very difficult to do with random people on the internet. But it's it's kind of working ish. And when I see these stories about people sharing how technologies has uh, made their lives better um, and made maybe even communications with family members, because for me, my entire family is three thousand miles away, so. You know, getting my dad the Echo Show where we used to talk all the time and now FaceTime has really changed a lot of what would ordinarily be a non-relationship. Just a, oh, let me text or call, you know, every couple of hours or whatever, or a couple, or sorry, couple, every couple of weeks. Now it's, he's an iMessage away with, you know, FaceTime attached to it. So really cool stuff. Um, yeah, it's enough shilling for me and yeah, yeah I got, I got, I got two more cool <laughs> I got two. I just finished editing. I hate editing, by the way. I kind of hate editing. I don't hate editing, but I hate editing certain videos. I'll, I'll, I'll you know what? I'll it, confession time. I kind of hate editing the phone swap videos. The funny thing is, is that that used to be one of my favorite series on my channel. It's not. It's not my unfavorite video. It's not even a word. It's not 
my least favorite series. It is my least favorite series to edit, though. Because I have so much content to go through, and I just don't like having to bring something down to what is it. So it's, I think it's tomorrow. I think it might come out tomorrow. I just finished the next swap video. It's like 27 minutes. But the amount of footage I had to go through to even get to 27 minutes, and by the way, that it feels like a, I could maybe even chop down more, but I don't even know if I'm going to bother. It always feels like I could try to chop down more, but I'm, I'm, lever- I'm balancing the story versus how much time is in there. Um, but people love it. I just wish I got to tell you my favorite series was the game show series by far. Greg was on there. He did it a was. good job. Yeah. You did a really good job, Greg. I was really thank kind you, of, thank you. It's kind of surprised. You did choke a little bit compared to the questions I asked you before. That's a, I wish that I had had the fact that you answered every single question, right? Off air. Mm. And then on air, you missed a bunch of them. Just try to make it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> And and by the way, when are when are we going to go back out to California? Because I know that there was this talk for a long time, and then and then it kind of stopped. And now, I know you got things going on, but are we going back out to Cali at some point? Yeah, at some point. I think uh, uh, I I wanted to go before WWDC. I don't think that's possible at this point. It's just coming so close. I think yeah. there will be some madness surrounding that, and then probably oh, after yeah. that, things will die down. I'll be like, okay. Yeah. Take a trip. Back, Greg and I have spent more time together in person than I think I have with most people that live near me at this point, <laughs> which is saying a lot because I barely leave my damn house. By the way, Greg, again, nothing important, but my car that I bought my car, like not even quite a year ago, it's got under 3,500 miles. Like I go nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. That's a good thing. House. That's a good thing. You would think the gas right? price is I so really, high. <laughs> it is really high right now, which is kind of crazy. The funny thing is, is that sometimes I'll, I'll go outside or I'll get ready to go somewhere to get something. And I'll realize I haven't left the house for like four days. Mm. Like something's not normal about it. Mm. Okay. How, are you leaving the house for, on a regular? I, I leave the house every day. <laughs> Believe it or really? not. Yeah. Where do you go? <laughs> Where do I go? Where do I go? Where do you go? Well, I have a dog as do you, but I do walk my dog yeah, every day. Is that going outside? Yeah, I walk my dog, but that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh. I'm talking about leaving. Like, yeah, I take him outside. Sometimes I walk him a little bit, but I don't like, I'm still home. Like I, I didn't take my keys and, you know, get in the car and drive. Like, mm. when do you like leave your house? Like go somewhere. How often are you doing that? Well, uh, every day <laughs> I go to the are store. You? Yeah. You, what do you go to? Like the grocery store? Every grocery day? store. Couple times a week. Yeah, order stuff. Yeah, yeah like Hello Fresh. I'm not something. doing the ordering the groceries every day. I visit people. I have a visit studio, people. so I leave to go to that now. Are you shooting stuff there now? I don't even. Yeah, know. I have been. I I can't tell because it looks the same. It looks like just your same room, but mm-hmm. which is good. That means you've done a really great job with it. How has that been? Uh, it's been good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a typical Greg answer. What does that mean? Uh, it's good to have a dedicated space because I feel like once I get there, I'm like ready to work and uh, I feel like there's less distractions. But there are days where I don't want to leave and mm. uh, I've just become like very comfortable to the point where if it's like if it's like raining out, I'm like, eh, maybe I won't go in and work today. I'll just stay home. So that's the bad part of it, to be honest, because my work is now very separated and i'm almost like should i shoot something in here and then i'm like but i have a studio why would i shoot it 
in my old spot mm. it wouldn't work so no. i'm kind of at that point right now but i probably shouldn't be so precious about it i should probably just shoot when i need to i've been putting out less videos recently for some reason i yeah, don't know i noticed that yeah. i noticed that i think i've just been like trying to decompress and like yeah work well, on the only videos do. i want to we should talk to Renee. Uh, we should have Renee come maybe next week if he's available. Um, I mean, every time he's in chat, I'm like, it seems like a missed opportunity for him to just be up here with us. Mm. Um, but I'd love to talk to him because he kind of is doing some new type, new angle of content on his channel. I'd be really interested to talk to him about that process and what he thinks about it and stuff. I don't know. Did you see that last one he did? It's pretty cool. Um, uh, about the iPod and how it died. Yes, and stuff. the iPod death. Yeah. I did see that yeah. one. Really, really cool little video. So I'm curious about that. Maybe we'll... Um, We'll see if Renee has time next week to join us and talk us through that. Anywho, uh, I got to finish this video that literally is either, I think it's coming out tomorrow. Um, and uh, and then Greg has to, I don't know what he's doing. What, what Greg, what do you do after GadgetCast? What do you literally do? <clears throat> <clears throat> literally, what do you do when you leave? This is so uncomfortable. You want to know where I'm going? You want to know what I, I do, do after yes, GadgetCast? Yes, yes. I am I'm a private person. I don't, you know, I have my personal life. I have my show what life. Are you, what are you doing when you get up and leave that is so private you can't tell? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm literally going to turn around. I'm going to see my iPad right there. I like to keep the it. mystery for the people watching. <laughs> what is Greg going to, what, what is this guy going to do when he's done uh, with GadgetCast? So There's so weird. many possibilities. He could be doing anything, but uh, people will not know what I am going to do. I will probably... Uh, I think I will not be working on stuff tonight. Really? I feel like oh. I will relax tonight. I will probably, yeah. uh, I bought a lot of desserts over the past two days. I was in New York yesterday, went to Chinatown, uh, asking where Greg goes on his days off. Uh, I visited a bakery and I bought like a lot of things that I was too full to eat at the time. So they're just mm. now in my fridge right now. Mm. And I am getting a little hungry, so I think that will be my next stop after this. I think I will raid the fridge. I might make some coffee at uh, 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> uh, you know, I might pull a Terry Warfield, make some coffee, mm. Uh, mm. have some dessert. And I think I might relax. I think I might enjoy... Now, this is technically work, actually, because I'm trying to review this monitor. And I feel like I need to log a few a few more gaming sessions on it before I can make yes. up my mind. So I think I may work for tax purposes. I may work. Uh, yeah. This monitor is a write off. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so I may work, and uh, maybe maybe it will be work, but it'll be fun work because uh, I actually think I will do a video on this because I think it's such an interesting experience, and I think for some people this could be a valuable monitor for them. So I think I will work on that actually. Nice. How about that? Well, all right. Fun work. Uh, I'm just going to go work on this video. I think that's about it for us here at GadgetCast. Travis so, going to order a nice Subway dinner. <laughs> I might. <laughs> no, actually, I'm going. No, my friends in town. I'm going to go. Okay. I'm going to go to this really cool Korean barbecue place. Oh, hey, um, I just did that the other night. Korean barbecue. So we good. we got to go, Travis. Man, the Koreans know how to make barbecue and fried chicken. They are masters. They are absolute masters. amazing. I love Korean food so much incredible so stuff. so much <laughs> all right everyone thank you so much for joining us uh, as always do all the normal subscribe things whether it be on our youtube channel here at youtube.com yeah. or the you know what podcast share it yeah share it share it share travis it. is telling an emotional story about his dad why don't we you take do your dad your mom whoever you cousin know what we should do your brother you know do 
We should make, we should, as on the YouTube live stream, because I'm pretty sure you haven't watched the video yet. I would like to do a live watch along watching you watch that video. Mm. We'll have to do that. Maybe next week. I'm going to, I'm just going to go visit your dad and I'll go watch it with him. And then we'll make, then we'll just make fun of you. (laughs) That's that's a great idea. That's a great idea. (laughs) He's Craig. I'm Travis. This is Gadgetcast.